Hey guys, we are so excited that you're here. Welcome to the Not Your Quick Fix podcast. I'm Kara Goss, online registered dietitian and health and fitness coach. And I'm Kylie Kaiser, online health and fitness coach, and we're your hosts. This podcast is all about improving yourself physically and mentally. And y'all, neither of those things can be improved with a quick fix. We are here to be real with you about your fitness and fat loss goals, your health, your mindset, and everything in between. If you're ready to open your mind to the process that self-improvement requires, instead of always looking for the next quick fix, then this is your podcast. Let's get started. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to the Not Your Quick Fix podcast, episode 59, I think, with you girls, Kara and Kylie here. We are back. Hi, how are you doing? How was your weekend? Well, I feel like Caleb. Let me clear my throat real quick. Um, (laughs) If y'all are not following our buddy Caleb following on TikTok, please do that. So funny. (laughs) He's hilarious. He really hates when people stand up on airplanes. That's all. That's all. When people but, when people stand up on airplanes as soon as they land, which I yeah. also hate as well. I'm like, where are you going? Like, we're in the 98th row. Like, we ain't going anywhere <laughs> for a hot second, right? Did so you funny. see it's in his bio now? No, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah, that's not. that's what I messaged the group about. It was like Wait. I love people who stand up on airplanes and I I love business growth. <laughs> that's like his bio. Get <laughs> out. Wait, is it on TikTok? On TikTok, yeah. Oh, I was okay, cracking okay. Up. <laughs> I'm cracking up. I was dead. That's amazing. So That's shout out Caleb. I we also hate that. But anyways, so his video he made, he like had this big dramatic throat clear. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> which is how I feel right now. But I am I'm good. Um it's been a busy week. Um been a really productive week. It's only Tuesday, but I feel like I'm getting a lot of shit done. Yeah. Um we working love. on a lot of cool stuff for my clients and just getting more organized honestly I saw this meme yesterday that was like that when it like takes you 11 minutes to do that thing you've been putting off for three months that's literally that was literally me yesterday with like oh my god tasks absolutely Um, so I feel good um I've got a fun weekend coming up um I've got some cool like hobby type stuff I'm starting today um but I also um this weekend my best friend since the eighth grade so is uh she still lives in Ohio. She's a mother of four. So our lives are very different. Yeah. Um, but we've, we've stood the test of time. Uh, but because of that lifestyle difference and she be busy, um, we don't really get to like go out and do stuff together between the distance and her family. So, um, we always see each other when I come home for the holidays and that's really it. Um, and it's not really like going out or any of that kind of stuff. So she's coming down this weekend and I'm super excited for that. She wanted oh, to come down before I move. That further away yeah yeah Yeah. right so she's she's gonna be here um for the weekend the last time we got to do something like this she surprised me for my birthday party um the one that you were almost gonna come to so sad Um, yes yeah yeah and then um you would have met her that would have been fun but she um she surprised me and drove all the way down here that day came for the party and then drove back the next day so we've never really gotten like a weekend yeah. in Nashville that was at like a house party um, right, 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 right. um so she's coming down for the weekend it's gonna be fun and we're going to see Chelsea Handler I'm super excited about that I love her so uh, that'll be amazing yeah, dude, that'll be on? so much fun yeah I mean dude such a busy week this week too like tons of calls and I I'm cracking up because I was literally the same exact way like 
the thing that Turkey like 10 minutes to do. That has been me with getting all of my clients listening who are probably like, where is our Functional Fat Loss Academy merch? Where are the t-shirts? I swear I've been working on these t-shirts for so long and I'm finally at like the final process, like got the site set up, pricing, all that stuff. And then my website person messages me and she's like, hey, you need some sort of like selling license in PA to sell items. And I'm like, what? And she's it's an like, online yeah. store. Dude, I know. I'm so happy. Like there was like a box on like, w- like before, like moving forward, she said it's apparently only needed in like specific States. So I have no idea. I got to look into that now. I know, you know, who would, who would love this bit of information? Who? Caleb. Why would Caleb? Oh, because of PA. Yeah. Because <laughs> Because PA makes everything freaking difficult, but I don't know if it's just something that we're like looking too much into and it's not actually a big deal, but I like don't want to get arrested for like selling shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Our last episode was a love letter to John. This is a love letter slash roast of Caleb, I guess. Slash but... roast of, it's always a roast of Caleb for sure. Normally yeah. we're roasting Josh. So we normally we are exactly. <laughs> so the, yeah, the tables have turned a little bit, um, but yeah, not too much going on this weekend I have my my (laughs) celebration of life for my pap who actually passed away two months ago um and we never got to do that for him because the weather was just really bad and everything so we're gonna gather at like down at my hometown and just like you know just have a celebration for him which is gonna be really nice um but yeah aside from that I'm probably just gonna be chilling because honestly the rest of like June and July and August is just absolutely packed for me. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm tired thinking about it. So yeah. I'm going to need all of the chill time that I can get. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But yeah. I, I have this like tickle in my throat and I'm like, of course today when it's like my day to talk on here. And I know I was, you're I was like- just telling Kara before this, I have therapy. Well, it's funny because last time you had therapy after this, I have therapy after this today, right. which I'm probably going to, I'm probably going to need it after this episode. Yep. For <laughs> um, sure. And then I have uh, the thing I'm doing later tonight is just a bunch of fucking social talking also. So, man. We love that. It's all right. It's all right. Manifest is going to go away. We got this. My voice is fine. Yes. But yeah, you guys. So obviously, you know, we kind of dove into what I have been going through for the past year and a half on last week's episode. So that was kind of like part two of our We Are Uncomfortable podcast and now we're doing part two of part two with Kylie and kind of what she has been through over the last year and a half and again like like we kind of talked about on last week's podcast we really just want these podcasts to serve as kind of a reminder that you're not alone in whatever difficult season that you're going through and we just kind of wanted to get more personal with you guys you know like I feel like we come on here a lot and obviously like we give you guys a lot of education, a lot of reliable information, everything like that. But just kind of remembering that like, we're human too. We're here to relate to you. We're here to empathize. And we're here to kind of let you know that again, like we're all in this together. We're all in this together. Okay. That, I'm so sad. I actually don't remember the words that well. And I feel like I need to. I wish that was a YouTube clip right there. Um, big same. I also heard that there might maybe a possible like high school musical reunion, like with them I as did parents. Hear that. But I, I don't too. know if they were like actually talking about having the real cast come back. And I'm like, listen, if it's not Troy and Ga- Gabriella as parents, I don't want it. I don't you want know, it. I just watched those movies for the first time like a year or two ago. 
I know. What? I know. I felt like I was missing a cultural piece of my childhood. So well, I'm a little bit older than you. That really wasn't like the it's hype it, for my for me. Okay. It okay, but it you was were, like right after me. I was in sixth grade. So you were in what, like 10th grade? When did you graduate? 2013. Oh my God. Um uh, 2019 or 2019, 2009 for me. So you would have been in 10th grade. So yes, that's literally peak like. Okay, maybe it was just, yeah, it was like, it was like people definitely saw it. It wouldn't even have been lame. It was just like, I was like a little past the age group for like the hype of it. I definitely saw friends that that saw it. Like I definitely, it was around me. In 10th grade, I was so deep on my One Tree Hill and Laguna Beach and Gossip Girl bullshit. That makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, it was like a little bit of like a younger Disney movie. Like, dude, you watched High School Musical. I enjoyed it as a 29 year old though last year. So it's fine. you watch that movie and like you went to school the next day, like walked into sixth grade and everyone was like mind blown. Like everyone's just looking at each other. Like, did you, did you, did you see it? Did you see it? Like, oh my God, I'm so happy that you were Can she secretly sing? (laughs) Can she secretly sing? Like, wait, so you watched all three, right? I think, I know I watched the first two. I know I did. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember, honestly. Gotcha. I'm not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't, anyway, I don't think anyways. I loved, I digress, <laughs> I digress, I don't think I loved the third one as much as the first two, but either way, yeah, so anyways, we're on this together, and we're here for y'all, and we love y'all, and yeah. yeah, this is Kylie's version, and she's wearing a Taylor's version hoodie in honor of this yes, podcast, love it, I, I had to, um, had to. so yeah, kind of like Kara said, just to start off, I want to just say that we, we really do want to just provide, you know, some camaraderie to the struggles. Um, and I think Kara's episode was so helpful to people that are just like in this health phase or people who are going through hormonal issues or on this birth control journey, or like we said, it can apply to really any type of health <clears throat> journey where you're not necessarily focusing on fat loss and how difficult that is. But something else that happens with a lot of our clients, and I know a lot of my clients for sure, because, because I tend to be a more vulnerable and open person about struggles online, uh, with my audience, I draw in a lot of clients who are going through similar things. So I have a large clientele that does struggle with mental health. And, you know, we all have clientele that struggle with just life and stress. And Mm -hmm. Kara and I have talked until we're blue in the face. It was still a topic of last week's episode, even regarding birth control about how much stress and trauma plays on your body. Um, And there are definitely some like physical exercise, hormonal, all that kind of stuff related in my journey that'll be involved here. But the big piece of it is that most of it was just like shit hitting the fan in my life and that making it really hard for me to keep moving forward the way that I had before in a fitness health way. And that it was really hard to pull myself out of some of that. And the repercussions that had on my body, um, were, not marginal. So that's something that I think a lot of people get really hard on themselves about when they're going through a really rough season is, you know, falling off track or being on track, but their body's not responding and not really understanding. And so I hope that this episode gives some insight and peace to that side of things, because we talk all the time about the mental health and the brain and how connected that is with everything else and how your body keeps score of everything. And I hope that that's kind of what you take away from this, even if what I've gone through doesn't specifically relate to you. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree Mm -hmm. with that. And I think, again, a lot of people believe that 
you know, some of what we talk about is quote unquote woo woo and just like how much the body holds on to trauma and how much it really does impact your overall life. But, you know, we've talked before about total allostatic load on the body, which is basically just like the summation of all of the stress that you have been through and that your body's been through. Um, and you've been through as a whole over the span of your lifetime. And guess what? Trauma is a huge, huge part of that, like more than you will ever know. Um, so yeah, I think that this is going to be extremely, extremely helpful and just showing like a real life, you know, kind of account of what happens when these things do hit the fan. Yeah. Like you're, when your nervous system is dysregulated, like that impacts your body. That's just, there's nothing woo woo about that. Like you can go off the woo woo train as much as you want about like mindset and all of that kind of stuff. Like at the end of the day, like we've talked all the time about your body does not differentiate between physical and mental stress. And my last 17 months or so has been jam packed with both. So that's what we're going to dive into. Um, I'm going to give a preface to everybody that this is a very, um, raw and vulnerable episode for me. I know we talk about that a lot, but there's going to be some things in here that we'll give some trigger warnings for when we get to them. Um, but I'm getting very real with you guys. And my nature is to want to, uh, joke and make light of things. That's kind of my, my vibe. Um, so there's going to be probably some of that in the way that I speak about it, but there's also going to probably be some moments where I have a hard time. So, um, if you guys are listening, I really appreciate that. And my request before I start, this is just that everyone goes into this with the most open and compassionate mind that they can. So, yeah, absolutely. I think that that's the perfect way to put it. Yeah. So a lot of my stuff is also going to be um, like I said, some personal things like stressors. Um, so, and I'm not going to like deep dive on the rabbit hole of those where I don't need to, I'm just going to kind of like express the event that was there. Um, and as far as like the lighter comedic side of things, um, this is, I guess you heard it here first, me putting it out. This reminds me of our girl, Shannon talking about this on her podcast for the first time, but (laughs) whenever she was talking about standup, um, I'm, I'm working on a future semi-solo project of a podcast that is going to just be about the personal shit, not health and fitness related. It'll still be woven in. Cause that is what I do, but, mm-hmm. uh, just on life and dating and trauma and all of that stuff with a very comedic approach. So if any of these details, you want more of the tea of the, of the deepness that are on my personal life, uh, just stay tuned for that. I'll be promoting that in the future. Stay tuned. It's going to be good, y'all. It's going to be good. (laughs) And Kara will be involved with that as well. (laughs) (laughs) I will be a guest, a guest (laughs) co-host. She's going to be a recurring, recurring co-host. So Mm -hmm. um, anyways, all right, let's dive in. So I made a little timeline here, kind of like Kara did last week, just to keep my thoughts organized. So um, really this starts for me with um, just as like as an overview, I entered my last and most recent contest prep in January of 2021. So same when Kara came off birth control, that journey was starting for her. I was entering my competition prep. <clears throat> so, um, I had been preparing for that. I went through a pretty intensive cut and everything through 2020. I basically ran a mock prep for five months of 2020. And I feel like we've covered a lot of this stuff, but all that is backstory. It's kind of like where my mental state was by the end of this. So, um, I had run that and then did a quote unquote off season, um, for the second half of the year, um, was very strict with that still, because I was constantly basically being told like, if I want to get on stage, if I want to get on stage, if I want to get on stage, here's how I need to be X, Y, and Z. Um, and so I was very competitor minded outside of like a few special occasions. Um, and I did things to a T everything revolved around fitness in my life. Um, in that time, uh, you know, when I wasn't working on bodybuilding, I was working 
just period working in my fitness yeah. industry. Right. So, um, that was also like 20, 2020 was a huge blow up for our businesses as an online industry, which I'm super grateful for during a rough year. But that combination of things was just like, you know, that's all that was on my brain all the time. It was work or work in the gym or work in the kitchen or work at my office. Right. So, yeah. um, going into January 21, I was like ready. My blinders were on. Um, and I was having <clears throat> a pretty successful prep. Um, what was not going so successfully partially as a result of all of the above part, largely as a result of incompatibility, um, even in a long-term relationship. And again, this is the stuff that I will dive into on my personal podcast more. Yeah. Um, but my relationship was not going so smoothly. So, um, in March of 21, my, at that point about, we had been together about four years, um, and that relationship ended. So, uh, we decided to amicably and mutually split. It was a conversation between us. Um, and you know, I, I, that was hard still to let go of that chapter, but I was like, I was at peace with it at the time, but I also admittedly was just very fucking distracted. Um, I had a lot going on. I was able to, I'm grateful for it for this time, as much as it also was a detriment. Um, it was able to pull me through. I was just very focused on prep and work. Um, that that was a huge part of pulling you through was like having that light at the end of the tunnel. It was in, in hindsight, it definitely was like, avoidance that probably wasn't healthy, mm-hmm. but I do yeah. think it's what made that transition possible with like the mindset that I had at the time. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, it took, I, we were living together for most of that relationship. So there was like a move involved. Um, and you know, like I said, at the, at the time that was very amicable. So I was still living there for a couple weeks after that. Um, obviously like I was feeling stressed just of the move and all that stuff and stress during prep. Like we talk about stress on your physique is rough. So this mm-hmm. was a rocky couple of weeks, but I stuck to my guns. I had my blinders on. I did everything I needed to do, even in the middle of a big move. I'm like very proud of myself for the discipline during that time period. That was huge. Um, And I, you know, I was going through even just like with the way I used to handle or have since then handled sadness. Sometimes like there was no binge eating. There was no, you know, going, I I didn't really have any other outlet other than prep. I threw threw myself into that. So, um, I ended up moving out at the beginning of April 21. So I got my own place in, uh, downtown Nashville and I moved into the apartment that I'm in now. Um, so I was going through that transition. Um, this is also around the same time. So at this point I was about two months ish out from my show, uh, eight Mm -hmm. to 10 weeks or so out. Um, I lost my period around that time, which with, um, competing is not abnormal. Um, please do not read that as this is healthy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is, it's not abnormal for this to happen to competitors. Again, bodybuilding is an extreme sport. I had this long conversation. We've talked about this on here. We did episodes on this around my prep last time, um, that it is not how you should model your fitness. And we were talking about that this weekend that like, when I looked to the public eye, the most healthy I've ever been is actually probably the most unhealthy I've ever been. So, um, I lost my period around, I think like mid April. Um, And I, you know, wasn't, I wasn't concerned because I knew the plan would be in place to get it back post-show, right? Like this was something that I was prepared for. I was expected. We kept it for a long time. I had never lost it in my previous cuts. Um, so all honestly to me in like a twisted bodybuilder mindset way, it was a sign to me that I was like doing well. Cause I was like, wow, I got lean, I got lean enough for this to happen. Yeah. Um, which again, there are competitors who go all the way through and are lean as fuck and they do keep their periods. Like it's really just depends. Yeah. But it's to so me, dependent. Yeah. Your brain is so just like focused on the end goal that it was, I was just like, wow, I got lean enough to lose my cycle. Fuck. Yeah. Let's go. So right, like, right. You know, it's so fucked up in the end, but <laughs> yeah, it, it was, but like, I was like, cool, great sign. So, 
Um, went through May, just was kind of, you know, on and off during this time, uh, my ex-partner and I kept, like I said, a very cordial relationship. Um, we were, you know, still on speaking terms. Um, we were definitely involved with each other in ways that still felt like a relationship to, to a small degree. It wasn't super intense yet, but we were hanging out. We were spending time together. Um, yeah. you know, we were definitely, um, still, we were still very close, um, at this time. Um, and, we went into my show month, uh, which was June. So yeah. Kara was with me for all of June. Um, Crazy pretty much that that was like, yeah. I literally think I left like this, like this you coming did. weekend a year ago. You did. My show was the 10th or the 11th or something. So yeah. you left like a day or two from now. So crazy. I think it was the 8th. Yeah. yeah I think it was June 8th. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, around this time, this was actually something mentally that was helpful too, is like about two weeks before my show, again, my ex-partner and I realized, hey, maybe not the healthiest thing for us to be spending this much time together um, when we're trying to like move forward with our lives or whatever we're doing. So, um, and at that point, I, what had felt like something that was like not working out had like kind of a light of like, oh, maybe we'll fix this. Um, And so I had kind of gotten attached again. um, Whereas before I was kind of ready for the separation, right? So that's Mm the shortest way I can put that. and so Kara's timing with coming to spend time with me, John came and was here for two weeks. Like I was surrounded by um, a support system at a really great time for me. Uh, we did my show. Um, you guys already know how all that ended up, <laughs> but um, at the end of the show, I was going through the rest of June and I was really towards the end of my show prep. And I have talked about this on here candidly already. And through June, I was really struggling with my relationship with food. Um, I was having a very hard time. I had had a couple issues like once or twice, like some small nut butter incidences while I was in, in prep. And then after I was having like large incidences and honestly, it probably would have been way worse if Kara wouldn't have been here. But even then it was like, you know, I was, I was inspired by her to keep it reeled in, but we definitely, I mean, also we had a lot of fucking stuff going on that month. Like we did, we had so much, but even in that time, I was also actively trying to really keep things reeled in as well, because that was at the very start of me gaining weight and I was freaking out about gaining more weight. But even during that time, like being with you helped me to keep things balanced and I know vice versa, but still we had a lot of social stuff going on. We did. And it was like a weird time though, because we were trying to keep things in check both for, I was worried about my reverse and you were worried about this journey, this, this weight gain with birth right. control and stuff, but at the same like we time, wanted to enjoy. We were, yeah. And we were transitioning to working with John to mm-hmm. help with our relationships with food at this yeah. time. So we were also like trying to practice. I, I will never forget like Kara and I really trying to practice giving ourselves that food freedom together. Like the, we tried to take an untracked day together at this place. And like, I was like in the car secretly trying to log the ice cream we ate. Like I, I remember when we went to that dope ice cream place. Was it in Chattanooga? Yeah, in Chattanooga. So good. Like, do you dude. remember that? I was like yeah. in the car and you're like, what are you doing? I was like, well, my fitness pal. I'm like, bitch. Get the fuck off of my video. <laughs> so it was like, that was probably like a really just good month to have each other for that. Anyways, we had experimented with like John giving us free meals. Like I remember us going to this place and being like the baked bear and we like split that dessert and we were like, wait, this, we're not cheating right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 What a concept for coaches who teach our clients this all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that month was just a lot of journey with that. Um, but I definitely was not, you know, the first cup, it was not good timing. It was good for me mentally, but for my body, 
you, you need those weeks to, you need, you get like a couple days and then you need those weeks to be like really reeled in, or it's like starting your reverse off in a very bad place. And cause yeah. what we do with our lifestyle clients with reversing is important. Reversing from a show is a whole fucking different thing. Um, yeah. it's like going to make or break your body's responses and where your hormones are at because everything yeah. is so downregulated by the time you finish competing. So, um, it wasn't the best for the, the stuff that we had going on. Um, at the very end of June, Kara left. And literally as soon as she left, the world was like, oh, you don't have support. Boom. Thing number five. So um, mm-hmm. I luckily, Josh was still here with me, but I got, I'm not going to deep dive into this on this podcast, but I got just some like very interesting family information regarding my biological father, who's never been a part of my life. So um, yeah, tune into my other podcast for that. But yeah. I, I, that's a whole rabbit hole. Um, It was something just like that I needed to deal with, but I was not in a headspace to deal with it. I didn't really know what I wanted to do with it. Josh was here, bless him. He took me out for burgers because that was his solution. I remember that. (laughs) Yeah, what a guy. Um, And, you know, I... I, once Josh, Josh was leaving the next day and that was actually a reconnection point for me. I'd taken, I, my ex-partner and I had taken that month to kind of give each other some space, but even doing that, he was hanging out with us every weekend. Um, yeah, he was, here. he was with us cause he did our pictures. He came to your show. Like mm-hmm. he went yeah. out with us when we went downtown. He went out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I saw him every weekend of June even, but we were, we were trying not to act like a couple. It was, it was a, whatever, it was a weird time. Mm-hmm. Um, So that long story short, um, that was all still going on and was definitely like underlying stressors that I wasn't even realizing were stressing me out. Um, and I, but I, him and I had had a shared background and just like family stuff. So, um, he's the person I reached out to for that. And that kind of just like started back up us being in this like weird limbo. Yeah. To be clear, she reached out to him about the biological father. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Um, I reached out because I, you know, he was the person who had been with me, who knew me the deepest, you know, at that point Mm -hmm, in my mm -hmm. life. So, um, he's the person I wanted to talk to about it and he was there for me for that. Um, but that also basically like restarted us, like spending a lot of time together. Um, open the can of worms. Yep. Yep. So, um, July was kind of like that. I was still quote unquote single. I was living alone. Um, but I was in this like weird relationship limbo. So, July, uh, my period was still not back. I hadn't had a period then in May, June or July. Um, wasn't really thinking that much of it because my show was just in June. Um, mm-hmm. Towards the end of July, John was kind of like, okay, we're doing these things. And like, here's where we need to tighten up because I did go, I like went to New York in July. I had like a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Um, and I still was like, I wasn't like fucking off with my diet, but I was like, I was burnt out with everything. I was not being consistent yep. with my workouts. Um, I never not at this point yet. I had never like quit entirely. Like I didn't like not go to the gym or like not have any days, but like we were practicing like intuitive eating. And then like, I was struggling with that. It was just like this back and forth of trying to figure out where to find that line. And the gym would be like, I would make it one week, three times, and then not at all the next week. And then the next week twice. And then the next week, not at all. And then once a week. And it was just, it was very like inconsistent. It's just the best way I can put it. Um, because I was really struggling to want anything to do with either of it. Um, I was very burnt out. Um, And I was also trying to fit into a mold and I was under the impression that I, on top of being burnt out, my brain was telling me bodybuilding ruined your relationship. That is what my brain and what a person was telling me essentially. So Mm -hmm. I was also, while I was spending time trying to quote unquote, fix a broken relationship, I was like, I need to not be involved with this thing as much. Right. So there was just a lot happening internally with me that was like conflicting and just keeping me from being where I needed to be. Um, 
So August comes around and I still don't have a period. Um, but my weight was climbing pretty aggressively at this point. Um, you do put on weight fairly quickly after your show, right? At first you'll gain like that first, like five or so pounds back pretty quickly, mm-hmm. especially cause you're like, just like, I mean, you lose that at peak week. Like you don't stay at stage weight for long. Yeah. Really. Um, but then it should be a little bit more steady. Um, and by August I had put on like almost 15 pounds, I think already. And my show was like eight to 10 weeks ago at that point. Yeah. Um, and I was also experiencing a lot of other crazy symptoms. I was ridiculously fatigued. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like struggling to get out of bed every day, no matter what time I went to bed, 9, 10, 11 PM. I, I remember Kylie would like wake up, Kylie would like text me at like 10 AM and be like, I literally was still sleeping. Like I can't get out yeah. of bed. Yeah. And like physically couldn't, like, it wasn't like, I was like, stuff would go off and it was just like, I was like, I, my body would feel like lead trying yeah. to get out of bed kind of fatigue. Um, so I was struggling with that. Um, I, my mood swings were really insane. I was just like, I felt, I felt like a crazy person. Like I was especially like, and part of me was just like, wow, am I just so, you know, anxious or nervous about this relationship scenario? And like, why am I acting like this? And like, blah, blah, blah. And like just overthinking things and like, you know, trying to play cool girl in this situation I'm in while texting Kara, all my psycho thoughts every yeah. day. Of, and yeah. like, I, I, I just like, I couldn't get a grip. She'd talk to me one day and I'd be like, I'm fine. I'm having the time of my life. I'm great. And the next day I'd be like, I hate everything else. Yeah. <laughs> like it was a lot. Um, and I was not feeling good. And I felt like my weight was just like gaining and gaining primarily like in my abdominal area, which I was like, wow, I know like when you come out of a show, your like visceral fat there is like a lot um, more likely to just accumulate. I believe if I'm saying that correctly, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that can be where it comes fast, especially because of like estrogen and things like that. So um, I was really, really just like, what the fuck is happening? Um, and I remember about mid August, I had a check-in with John um, and I had sent it to him and I was just like, you know, whatever. And he, and John and I had an agreement that my priority was going to be my mental health. But if it got to the point where it start, he started feeling like it was having a negative effect on my physical health, that he would call it out and we would do something about it. Like that was our agreement. It's like, he's like, I'm here to help you with this balance. But as your coach and your friend, if I start seeing that there's like a problem that needs to be addressed, he's like, can I be candid with you? Right. And I was like, absolutely. So John, uh, you know, and I had that agreement and I checked in with him, like I said, about mid August and he responds to my check-in and he was like, Kylie, I have to be real with you. I'm concerned. (laughs) And he was like, things are like, he's like, your stuff here is at like a kind of an aggressive rate. Um, like he's like the weight that we're gaining. He's like, I told you I'm not scale focused, but like your physique is changing in a way that's confusing me. Your period's not back. And he was like, I'm starting to doubt myself. (laughs) Like, like, and he's like, but I can't know like what you're doing on your end. Like we have to kind of reel some shit in here. And I just have like a fucking mental spiral about it. I literally Uh, remember you sending me your progress pictures and I was like, what is going on? Like, yeah, because it felt like, it felt like over like two weeks, my body all of a sudden was just like wilding. And, and I was like, what the hell? So, um, I freak out and I actually send this like crazy paragraph because we had just had Joelle on our podcast talking about how like way down the road, you can have all these issues from things and blah, blah, blah. And like, I start thinking about what we covered last week about my birth control journey and competing and cutting and da, 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 da. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I was, I was like, I got fucked up from all this stuff. And like, I didn't have all these things and like, blah, blah. And like, I was just like panicking. Right. And so 
This is the part of the podcast where I'm going to give you a spoiler probably by saying um, this is our trigger warning interception um, that we're just going to be covering uh, pregnancy, loss, termination, all things pregnancy. So um, every aspect of it, whether it's from miscarriage to abortion, uh, there is going to be discussion about that from this point forward. So um, if, if anybody is sensitive to that based on your own trauma or anything like that, we just wanted to make sure we give that warning in advance. For sure. So I just have this thought. Um, I don't even know why, uh, but I'm like, yo, you just got off your competition prep. And like, I was on certain, I was, I was on certain gear and stuff for competing. I don't think I've talked about that on here. Mm -hmm. Um, that I was like, this is really unlikely. Like you compete, like, you know, whatever. But I was like, maybe I just should take a pregnancy test to rule that out because this is weird. This is weird. Right. And like, I literally can't even remember what maybe made me think that I don't even think I texted you that I was going to do that. I I got a hold of you after I just like something in my brain was just like, was like check. And so I took a pre- an old pregnancy test that I'd had from like a, a late period, like years ago in my cabinet. Yeah. Um, and I took a test and it told me I was positive. Mm-hmm. Um, Q, I was freaking the fuck out. Um, I know I meet Kara, Miss Kara Goss was my very first phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was yeah. like literally like eight in the morning on a Friday. <laughs> Yes. It, it was literally like, that was like my first thing that I woke up to. And I was like, oh my God, Tara's, already, back. Tara's already having heart rate issues in the morning. And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> adding to them. Uh, and Kara's just like, fuck. Um, but she gives me the advice. She's like, that, that test is old. Like go get a good one, like yes. a really good one, a new one, like all this stuff. So I, I drive to the store, I buy the, the most expensive one you can find. Mm-hmm. Um, and I take two more tests and they're all the same. Mm-hmm. So I, I was pregnant. Um, I, my next phone call is to John because yeah. I have just unloaded all this shit on him on WhatsApp about how my body's fucked from all this other stuff. And then I was like, actually, um, I remember he was in the gym. I texted his girlfriend at the time and was like, I need you to have John call me like immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I get a hold of, uh, John and I'm talking to him while I'm making the drive to, in case anyone's wondering, the only person that I was involved with still was my ex-partner who I was in this limbo with. So, um, I start driving to his place just because I'm like, I immediately was like, I have to, I have to go talk about this. Right. So, uh, on the phone with John, I'm having a breakdown. Um, and I'm very scared about just the entire thing. Um, And like I said, most of this stuff, I'm trying not to deep dive on the personal side, but I feel like this subject is so hot button and so deep and something that I have not publicly spoke on. Right. Um, There are only select people very close to me. I've talked about this and there was a lot of debate about me getting into this on the podcast. So um, I, I want to begin by saying that I never really, I never really was sure if I wanted kids. I was pretty sure that I don't. Um, Mm -hmm. And in my relationship over the entire time that I was with my partner, um, I don't know why I act like, while we had this podcast, we weren't together. Like everybody knows his name is Jaren. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah. I was yeah. like, I do this. Like, and, 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 yeah. And you can 100% knows. say his name. Yeah. So it's not Voldemort. Well, uh, but, uh, <laughs> well, so, um, you know, you know I, him and I had had this discussion many times through our relationship that wasn't on the plan for either of us, um, as a couple. 
And so my fears, um, and I remember telling Kara, this is, I was on my way. I let him know I needed him to meet me at his house. He like left whatever he was doing. I was like, it's super important. Um, and I told Kara, I was like, it's fucked up, but I'm honestly really afraid of just like what this impact is going to have like on our, what we've been doing, like our relationship and how he's going to react. I was like filled with fear, um, about that. And, you know, many, many red flags accumulating here, but, um, I was really worried about that. And, um, I show up and have the conversation and, uh, it goes, it goes okay. I mean, he like threw up a couple of times. Um, and honestly I had to, so, um, it was, it was a really tough conversation and I didn't really know how to gauge that. And we didn't really make any decisions at that point. Um, I had friends coming into town that weekend and I kind of just wanted to like sit on it. Um, luckily they were very close friends to me. So I was able to like be supported by them. Um, And over the next week, him and I kind of talked about all of the options and different things. And um, I will say, despite and regardless of how everything did turn out, um, he was very supportive of me to me in that time. Um, He definitely made it very clear that he did not want to have a baby um, and that that was not something that he would be enthralled by. He did say that, you know, whatever decision we make, he, that was my choice. Um, and I do respect that because ladies and gentlemen, it is the fucking woman's choice. Um, yes, it is. and so, you know, he didn't tell me what to do. It was definitely very clear what he wanted to do. Um, and I just thought about where I'm at in my life. Um, where we were at in this, not even a real relationship scenario, um, just all these different factors. And I was like, you know, regardless of what I decide, this doesn't, what I decide for the future, this doesn't feel like it, this doesn't, this isn't the life that I wanted to have. This isn't the life I would want a child to have. Um, and this also just isn't like, it's, it's just, none of it felt right. And mm-hmm. I come from a family who, you know, I've, I don't know, even know how much I've dived into this, but I, people know that my grandparents raised me. My mom had me very young and, you know, I I knew that I had, I obviously knew that's the first thing people want to ask. You have options, you have options. And I knew that I had options. Um, but I also, one would never change the way I was raised. And I'm, I grew up very lucky and fortunate, but I, I didn't want that for a a kid that I would have. Like, I never want, I, I, I want, a kid that I might have to feel like they were wanted and that they were, you know, in every way. And I felt very wanted growing up. And that's why I said, I always have to be very careful with my word choice, but it affects you. I I wanted, I want, if I was going to have a family, I want a traditional family. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was just, I wasn't going to be able to offer that. I knew that I would never be able to give a kid away. And I knew that I wasn't ready to have it. So, Mm On top of that, um, I had went into the doctor appointment. We went to a semi-regular doctor. I don't have health, didn't have health insurance and neither did he. So we went to like a a clinic, um, not for any procedures, but to get like an ultrasound and do all of those things. And, um, they told me that honestly, the state that my body was in, it was a shock that I could get pregnant to begin with, which yeah, by just for reference, everybody for the, where I was at, I had conceived basically two weeks post-show, mm-hmm. which is, which is insane. insane. Basically like days after the talk about my real dad, boom, Yeah, <laughs> irony, irony. Yeah. Um, and so they were like, you're, you're, there's a very unsafe environment, especially with the way that my body had been treated. Um, and they told me my risk for miscarriage was very high. Um, and that 
didn't, that was, I want to be very clear that that is not a rationalization and is also not my reason that I decided. Um, yeah. Because sometimes your reason can just be because that's your choice. And yeah. I think that there is a stigma around that and there's a stigma around this whole conversation. And that's the why I've, I don't share it. Um, but it did, it did bring me some kind of, you know, I don't know, I guess peace in a weird way. Like just mm-hmm. knowing that like I was maybe saving myself from even more trauma down the road of like getting attached and then this happening or, you know, anything like that. And also just knowing that, you know, maybe this wasn't meant to be right now was, you know, kind of how my brain processed that. Um, so we decided to terminate the pregnancy. Um, it happened for me around the beginning of September. Um, and that process was, you know, it it was difficult. Um, but I also want to make it very clear as I go through the rest of this story, um, the shame and the spiral and any mental health effects I have do not have to do with how I feel about the choice that I made. And I think that a lot of people want to use that as ammo of like, you wouldn't have all these feelings if you did the right thing and all of this stuff and all of that, any 90%, I would say 70%, 60% of the pain that I felt is because of the way that other people make you feel about this. There's a shame and a stigma, everything that's going on in our country right now. Um, I'm not going to dive into a political debate on our mm-hmm. podcast, but it is, um, it's as someone who has gone through it. And let me tell you, it's one in four women. So I guarantee, you know, someone, even if you think you don't, who has also gone through it and oh. watching, we see everything you say. That's what mm-hmm. I want to say. So before you, before anyone wants to comment on this podcast or before you share next time, I want you to maybe just remember that um, and think about what it would be like to be in those shoes in a different scenario, because everyone's scenarios are totally different. Um, But seeing that kind of stuff, I was actually going through this process right when the Texas law was passing, passing. So it actually was, yeah, it was, it's already something that is, like I said, a hot button issue. And it was, it's already like pops up randomly, but it was rampant on, I couldn't open social media without it being talked about while I was live going through it. Um, and you know, once again, Jaron was super supportive during that process with me. Um, and I appreciate that. Um, I am grateful for that. Um, but it was physically hard. Um, obviously my hormones still were affected and changed in the way that they do as a developing pregnancy does. Um, so that happened. And then they warned me that once, um, once I terminated that I would have a lot of hormonal fluctuation over the next up to a month or so still, uh, they're like, you could either crash immediately into like postpartum type hormone issues, or you could stay in the like pregnancy hormones for a few weeks, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but basically it was, it was a ride, especially coming out of the ride. Like they were already in a strange place coming out of my show. So basically I went from like everything being crushed, but like just enough to even be able to conceive again. Yeah. We just talked about at the seminar this weekend, how like some girls, it takes them at least a full year to even be able to ovulate after their show. This shit's wild. So like I already went from a super low to this crazy influx. Right. And then now it's like going to drop again. So my body is internally doing a lot while I'm also mentally dealing with the stress of this whole situation. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I had, I had the support that I needed during that time. Um, but over the next couple of weeks, it was really, really hard. And it was hard because it was just, it was still a difficult thing to go through, especially with like the, the guilt and shame I carried around other people's opinions. I want to continue to make that clear. Um, as well as 
the issues I was having in the current half-ass relationship that I was in. Mm -hmm. So that changed the dynamic between us, understandably so. Um, And, you know, it was one of those things that I was like, we're either going to get through this and be good forever, or we're probably not going to get through it. It's kind of the way that I think you talked to me about it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is either going to make you guys a lot stronger or it's going to be that like telling thing. Yeah. Um, And if you can't really stay in something that's going to be, like you said, like that half-ass relationship, it's like, it's going to turn out one way or the other eventually. Right. So it's like kind of figuring out which way is this going to turn out ahead of time, you know? Yeah. And, and during that, over the next couple of weeks, it seemed like maybe the outcome was going to be that it made us stronger. It wasn't, we didn't stop doing things. Um, it definitely changed. There were some really painful arguments and discussions. Um, there were some very hurtful things said to me over different timeframes of that. Um, Mm -hmm. And in that period though, like I said, my hormonal levels, I I felt 0% less crazy. Um, my, my mood swings, if anything rampant, um, and some of that could be product of like the anxiety of the situation and everything else too. But I was, I was not myself. Um, we went to Vegas like the the week later, um, for that, because this all happened right around my birthday also. Um, Mm -hmm. and then we had that pre-planned trip to Vegas. So we did that. And once I got back from that, um, I was feeling, you know, a little bit better just having been with our amazing support system, the squad, we were with the whole squad. Yeah. Um, who all also has been just a fucking rock for me this year, as we talked about. Um, and you know, I got back from that trip and I was like, thought things were fine. Um, and within a week from that, so about two and a half weeks post this whole termination, um, things really blew up with Jaron for the final time. So, um, in a very bad way, like I said, I will not be elaborating on that here, but, um, it was, it was not, it was no longer an amicable split at that point. Um, and the stress and trauma of having gone through that and gone through that seemingly together, and then to feel so abandoned after going through that so quickly was in an indescribable level of pain and betrayal that I was feeling. Um, and so going into October, I was probably in the worst mental condition I've ever been in my life. Um, I was really struggling. I was struggling. I basically was like not eating. I would go, I was trying to force myself to do the things that I tell people, right. I was doing the walks outside and stuff like that. So every morning when I could get up, I would go take a walk and get coffee, which wasn't helping my stress, but made me feel good. So I would go mm-hmm. get coffee and force myself because again, I know these things from being a coach and I was like, don't have this coffee without food. And like, you need yeah. to eat something. And I lived on a Starbucks drink and an egg white spinach wrap daily for a very long time. Cause I was like, I can eat that. And some days that's all I would eat. I would eat maybe a, uh, a bowl of oatmeal across the whole day. I would literally make it and I would keep eating it and leave it sit out and take bites of it through my whole day. I remember and, you telling me this and like we were on FaceTime the one time and it was like 6 p.m. and you were still eating the bowl of oats from like 2 p.m. Yeah, I was, and I have historically my whole life been a person that stress makes me stressy. Um, yeah. I had never felt stress and like depression in this way. I, I did my best. I was doing the bare minimum to keep up with my clients. Um, I was answering their check-ins and that was basically it. Um, my live event also, by the way, guys, that was two weeks after this happened two weeks after the, after the split, after all of that. Mm -hmm. So about a month after the 
uh, termination, but two weeks after I'd just gone through this really hard time. Um, and I, I spoke candidly, not in detail, but that's why those of you who attended my event, um, I, I had like a breakdown on stage to you guys about what my last few weeks had been like. And this is, this is the behind the scenes of that. Um, having all of you guys, once again, a good portion of the squad that was in town for that also was immaculate timing. And, you know, it was a short trip, but it was so helpful to me, but I can remember you and Caleb being in my apartment and like, we were joking, but also you guys weren't about like all my empty cabinets. Like I had no food in my house. Oh my God. There was literally nothing. (laughs) There was nothing. Like I, I found like a rice cake in the back of the cabinet. Caleb was like, what am I supposed to eat? Fucking almonds. Yeah. Like (laughs) I had almonds and a rice cake. And he was like, where are your groceries? And I was like, I don't know. The last time I went to the grocery, to be totally honest with you. Literally. Like, and I think like Kara knew and like the group knew that I was going through it, but I, I, I Caleb was like, I didn't know you were, it was like this bad. Like, I think they yeah. saw it and they, they saw me, they saw me also pull through and put together the best event that we could. And, um, I was just, was I was so having a hard time. It was, yeah. it was, um, and I, I, towards the end of October, um, I got a period back finally. So it was my first period since April. Um, They had told me I had some bleeding on and off all of September, which is a normal uh, side effect of what I went through. Um, But I had like a period in October came on my day that I was doing the Bodor thing. (laughs) Funny, but um, I also got my wisdom teeth out, which was another huge stress on my body. Um, because I, I you got your wisdom teeth out. Oh my bro, God. I, I had to make a timeline because I was like, there's so much shit happened. That's why this episode is like never ending. Um, <laughs> but I, I got my wisdom teeth out. Uh, I'm old. So I waited too long and I had all this fucked up stuff with them too. So they had to like, they couldn't just normal extract them. They had to do this like coronectomy procedure. It was terrible. Yeah, um, I haven't had recovery time. Either. I'm going to regret it. it. Get on it. Cause <laughs> if you wait longer, I've you never had it. any issues with them though. Yeah, I waited till I had issues too. I was 30 and then I'd have a coronectomy. <laughs> oh, overnight guys, I woke up and all of a sudden my mouth was in excruciating pain overnight. I just woke up one day like that and then it didn't go away. And that's what happened. So I, I went to, I got them pulled out. My parents came down to help me bless their souls. Um, and they saw also for the first time, cause they had not seen me during my breakup or anything. And they saw how bad I was. They also did not, and I'll be totally transparent, do not know the stuff I'm revealing on this podcast. Um, so if you know my parents, maybe, uh, let them talk to me about it first. Um, but anyways, I, um, they, they knew though, something was bad. Um, my mom was very worried to leave me. They were angels. They helped me with my apartment. Um, but anyways, um, they, they did a clean out. They bought me groceries that I could eat with my wisdom teeth. Awesome. Um, but again, more stress on me and just more adding to my depression when you're in pain and shit and you like can't do stuff. It's even more like you just feel even worse. Um, so bad. And so I was going through that and November rolls around and I'm feeling optimistic because I have some things coming up. I have uh, plans to go to a one tree hill convention. I have plan and back to back with going to, mm-hmm. uh, my, the women's retreat with Hannah Dindorfer that I spoke about on here. Mm-hmm. And I, I had booked that retreat because I knew that my, mentally I needed it. Um, I actually decided to pay for it like six weeks prior when all this happened, like I had been on the fence and I was like, I'm going, um, yeah. And I did speak on this podcast about how much that started my trend back up. It was not a, it was not an easy climb, but it started the mm-hmm. climb. So um, very grateful to Hannah and Megan Davis, shout out to them and to all my people from that. But um, the week before that, when I was in the, in, at the Winter Hill convention, I went out in Wilmington and I, uh, my friend and I were roofied. So 
um, that happened while we were out. Um, I, we both ended up in the ER, um, very negative ER experience, very positive experience as far as what could have happened. Obviously yeah. being drugged, we're very fortunate. We had a friend with us who was a nurse, an emergency nurse, and she noticed what was happening with us both at the same time. Um, because I'll tell you some other shit I, I, I do. I did be drinking that night quite a bit. So I yeah. thought I was just drunk. Um, my friend had not drank nearly as much as me. And at the exact same time, we started exhibiting the exact same red flag symptoms. And she was like, what the fuck? Um, my friend took an ambulance. I was even, even while fucked up, I was like, I don't have health insurance. I'm not getting in an ambulance. (laughs) So the nurse, the nursing friend was like, bitch, I'm gonna drive you then. So, um, she drove me to like about, I I went like an hour past our other friend. Cause I was just like convinced that I was like, I'm just drunk. And she was like, no. So, um, they drove me to the hospital. Um, and we, uh, spent the evening there on one of our Wilmington evenings. Um, so just, you know, piling on to the things that my body had went through also, as well Mm -hmm. as my mind. Um, I was just at that point, like, fuck everything. Honestly, by the time I got to that retreat, I was like, there's been multiple times over the last two months that I was just like, I don't want to do anything anymore. Um, you know, and I, you know, I talked to Kara about this. She was there for me for so much of this, but I was just, I was mentally at a point where I was like, I don't care about anything anymore. I can't. Mm-hmm. And so that retreat helped kind of turn things around, um, for a little bit, but you know, it just gave me some hope and I got back and that hope was, uh, short-lived because, uh, then I went, I like literally the day I got back, my car wouldn't, wouldn't start. And it wasn't like, the battery, <laughs> something was wrong with it. Um, it would not start it. We tried to jump it. Nothing happened. I had to have it towed in. My car was kept for two weeks. Um, and I was like, just without a vehicle. Um, they were trying to fix it. They told me the battery needed replaced, whatever, either way, um, got my car back, just another stressor. Um, still had a regular period in November. That was a win. Um, mm-hmm. health and fitness still looking like the way it had looked for months. I wasn't, I hadn't quit, but I wasn't consistent. Um, yeah. And then we got about halfway through November with all this crap. I get to December and, um, during this time, I'm like trying to date someone, um, very unsuccessfully. Cause I have way too much going on. To have <laughs> no, even I, I called had- it from the beginning. I said, Kyla, he ate the one, he ate the one abort mission. Listen to your best yeah. friends. <laughs> he was a, he was a very nice man. He was a very um, nice man. And honestly, it was very nice to me in a time I really needed somebody to be nice to me. Um, but yeah, it wasn't the one. And also I was in no fucking condition to be talking to someone romantically. Clearly you guys have been listening to this and it's like, where did you, I I met this person like on Halloween. So this all started like around this time. So, um, yeah, I was like, I was not like in a relationship, but I was trying to date basically. And, um, all that was going on and it did help me to like, have that kind of like, just like person around, but you know, Kara was that person that that could have just been fine. So, yes. um, I, I get to you. December, I get to December though. And my car that had been returned to me, they quote unquote, fixed the issue. It breaks down again. So, and this it's time they keep my car for the entire month of December. So when you guys were hearing all my new car update for so long, this is why I was so excited. This is why we had so much joy. So I didn't have a car for quite literally an entire month. Um, Thank God I live downtown. Thank God for friends. Thank God for this nice man I was dating, honestly. Yeah. He is the reason I got to see my family for Christmas. So shout out. Oh my God, I forgot (laughs) about that. That's for another Actually, shout out to him. Um, Yeah. Um, to be fair, my mom was like, we would have come and got you and you know, they would have, but, um, yeah, 
either way, it made things very nice for me. Um, and I got through December again, just like, I'm still just not doing my best, but I was telling myself I was doing better. Cause I was like, I'm dating, I'm doing things. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, Kara can tell you from listening to me. She, she's like the narrator. I was like, she in fact was not okay. She in fact <laughs> was not okay. Her best friend was in fact telling her to stop talking to men. <laughs> She's like, maybe you just need to deal with all this shit that's happened to you. And I was like, I'm like, fine. well, this is a concept. Take some time by yourself, deal with the shit alone, and then go back out in the world. Kylie's like, nope. <laughs> avoid, avoid. Because at this point, my brain had been like, think about the amount of things I've covered already, and we're just to December. Yeah. And I I was just like at that point, I'm like, we just keep rolling to the next thing, homies. We gotta just yes. keep on going. So um, you know, it was kind of that mindset of like, if I just, I didn't want to stop and have to spend time alone. Cause I knew that I had nine months worth of shit to process and yeah. I knew how hard that would be. And I avoided it. Like in hindsight, I can really say that's what was happening. Um, I did not have the emotional space to do it. And so I get to do January and your body, my, I had gotten back from a trip to, to Phoenix. Um, and I <laughs> get back from a new year's Eve trip. Um, and my body basically was like, bitch, you won't take that time to be by yourself. We're going to make you. And I tested positive for COVID. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the body will tell you when it needs a break. Yeah. Um, and so I had to spend, obviously I, and COVID hit me. I know we were back to like, we were at this point, we we're at like the five day quarantine, but I needed two weeks. I was very sick. Yeah. You were um, super sick. Yeah. It was very bad. I had gotten a sinus infection on top of it. Um, and then also I started my period in the middle of it. And it was like, wild. We've been talking a little bit about different client experiences with periods around COVID. Um, but it was, it was wild. And, um, yeah. it was like, it was like, t- I was texting my nursing friend about going to the doctor. Cause I was, my flow was so heavy. I was like concerned. Yeah. I, yeah. So, um, it was a lot. Um, and I was, I just, that was probably once again, where I had thought for a month or two, that I was like, I'm doing better. October was really bad. January was the other peak of my depression. Um, mm-hmm. I was truly ready. I had like quit with a business, a business mentor we had had at that point. Cause I was just like, I'm not using any of this and I don't want to be involved with this anymore. Um, I quit, you know, I, I, like I said, I was doing, I was showing up. It meant the world to me, by the way, shout out to my client, Megan, who sent me a DM yesterday when I kind of talked about this on my story about how I was like, I feel like I really pulled back from what I should be providing. And she was like, I never once felt that way. Um, that means the world to me because my only thing that was carrying me through each week was like, I have to take care of my clients. And I did. And I, I don't, I know per, what my personal best is and I was not providing that, but I made sure I continued to still check in with them. But I, I was not marketing. I was not doing anything extra. I was not trying to bring anybody new. I was not providing extra value. I was doing the thing they came to pay for. And that was it. Right. Um, and especially while I was sick, obviously they were very flexible with that, but I mean, in general over these yeah. two months. Um, so I was, I was sick and January was also a very like significant month for me with Jaron stuff. And so like in, in our relationship. And so I was having all those emotions come in during this, um, between the sickness and all of that overwhelming and just having plenty of time alone to reflect. I finally came to my senses as Kara said, and was like, maybe I don't need to be involved with somebody. So I did, uh, end that, you know, situation that, that involvement dating thing, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Um, I did do that. Um, and decided that I would, you know, kind of take some time and I was just, I was in a very bad place and, uh, we had a trip planned 
to Austin at the end of the month that I was not going to go to because of just the place I'd been in financially, things weren't great. Cause like I said, I'd stopped really trying to bring in new clients or anything like that. I was not and my expenses between my car and hospital bills and everything else were through the roof. So I was just yeah. not in a good place. Winter is already slow for fitness coaches, which it shouldn't be shout out clients. Please still work out in the winter. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the January rush often typically happens actually in like February. Right. So, um, the new year's rush, everyone, the new, like new year, new me thing everyone expects business to boom but really it takes like a month people to realize that they need our help yeah Yeah, they like need it they need a month to realize they need our help yes um but we get to the end of january and kara's kara's sweet soul was like you're coming on this trip bitch and bought my plane ticket for me so i didn't have a choice i forgot that i did (laughs) i forgot that i convinced you to go yeah yeah i I needed you there (laughs) i needed to be there so so we were gonna be we were gonna be we were yeah, we were going to be with the whole squad. Um, and that was super helpful. I got labs done right before that, because at this point I finally was, I was like coming out of this dark hole. I had like ended the non really, you know, I ended the thing. I hate calling it like a non relationship. I ended, I ended the dating that I was doing. And I just, I felt like once I wasn't sick, I was doing that. I was like, okay, Kylie, it has been enough time. It's a new year. It is a new you. I did that. And I was yeah. like, we're starting fucking over. I messaged John. I was like, I'm ready to start working on shit again, blah, blah. And he was like, after the shit storm of the series, like let's labs, <laughs> like, we need yeah. to see what's going on. So I got labs done. Um, and mind you, I got them done. They were pre-scheduled. Um, and so I didn't, you know, whatever I, it was like two weeks post COVID. Um, and I got them done. I got the results while we were in Austin. Actually, I remember me and Sam. Yeah, we were all like, what are they? What are they? Let's yeah. So I got my labs and, um, I had bizarrely high iron, which we think was a COVID fluke. It was like, not just high. It said alert. My iron was 317. So, um, I haven't retested iron yet, but I'd like to think that that's probably fine now. Um, but my, I had low A1C. Um, and then what we expected, honestly, my test was a little, was a little low. I had total testosterone was 17 and my free was 1.4. Um, Mm -hmm. but my estrogen was 318. So yeah. I was very estrogen dominant. Um, and my progesterone was 14.2. So it wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it was good. And, yeah, it was good. But my estrogen and testosterone, like the balance between those, obviously not ideal for the type of physique changes I wish I was making. Um, this was also made sense with how my body was looking at this point. Um, I was probably up 30 pounds from where I was at in the summer. So I was up about 15 in August. And then I gained another 15 over that winter, which again, I would like to point out, or what were we talking about? The fact that I was barely eating and I still put on 15 pounds. Exactly. Um, when I was eating, I was not eating good foods by the way, cause I was like getting takeout and shit. So again, I want you to understand that that is, that happens. And those of you that think, think when you're under eating that it's not going to do it. Like calorically, I was not consuming a lot, but quality, it was bad. And the stress Mm -hmm. I was gaining weight. So I do want to, like I said, I want this to be something that's comparable to people that are listening when you're going through these high stress situations. I know how it be. You don't have the energy to cook. You're not buying groceries and you're like, I'm not eating. I'm not eating a lot. This can't hurt me that bad. It It can. It did. My estrogen said, yes, it can. And so did my body. (laughs) So Um, I get back from that trip and I am feeling better as I always do after I see our homies, which, you know, big reason I'm moving to Austin is that support system I have there. So, um, February, I really just did a lot to focus on my mental health. Um, and I was really focusing on me. I started like 
going out a lot more. So I was like, quote unquote, partying. I wasn't like out of control, but I was drinking alcohol more regularly and things Mm -hmm. like that uh, because I was doing more social things. And, you know, my coach and I had this conversation that he wasn't really upset about that, as we said, because for me getting out and just like doing things with my friends and stuff was something I really needed. Um, And after the last few months where I like didn't want to be a part of anything and, you know, I spent so much time fearing social things and stuff. And it was honestly really helpful to me to spend February and March doing just so much whatever I wanted. Yeah. Um, so I focused on that was still having a regular period. March came up. I had a lot of travel. I went to that festival. I had, you know, a lot of stuff, bachelor party. I had a lot of stuff going on, a lot of alcohol still, um, regular period. Um, but I was starting to get in a routine around those travels. I was getting back to a little more consistent in the gym. I was going like three times a week, twice a week. Um, my food was like, we started playing around with like tracking a little bit. I was tracking on certain days, just not all week. He wouldn't let me track every day of the week at first. Um, we were, he wanted me to still have that balance. Um, we kind of just did that and my body was responding. So we were excited. Um, we got into April and same thing. I really, really tightened it up in April. I was, I was probably tracking like four or five days of the week. The other days I was being super mindful. I was pretty much only off. If I was like out for a social plan, I was choosing mindful options, still drinking here and there, cut back quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and my body really was glad that I was doing those things. Yeah. So I was, I was losing a lot of mostly, I think inflammation, honestly. Yeah. Um, so I was feeling a lot better. I had a regular period, but then we got a loop thrown for us and there's always a bottleneck. Yep. And so, um, I had a period and then it stopped my regular period in April. And then nine days later I started again. So mm-hmm. that was super weird. It was a very short cycle. Um, that period came, it was like two days of spotting and then like a couple days of, um, like a normal period, like a full on period. And so yeah. that was weird. Um, And the problem is we had pre-scheduled me to do a three months at labs after those other ones. So I had labs scheduled. We moved it a little bit, but now we were playing kind of a guessing game because as you guys know, you should go get your labs done on a specific day of your cycle. Um, and so I was, I had it planned to go on like that day, 2021 area, but we now had a very confusing timeline for when that is based on this pop-up period. So we basically just like, yeah yeah so we basically just like went with it and he was like let's just go the day we scheduled and we guessed where I'm at but we so these labs I'm about to share I, we don't really know the context for them yeah. um which makes it hard but based on those um my testosterone had improved it was at 20 um and then 1.7 1, 1, 1.7 free Um, Mm -hmm. but my, and my estrogen was at a 154, which seems like a great improvement, but again, we don't know what phase I was in. So it's, it's hard to read that. Um, and so the, the thing that was concerning us now is my progesterone. So by the way, I only did sex hormone labs this time and do the full swing. So my progesterone was now 0.3. So we were like, yeah. Cause I was at 14.2 three months right. ago. So we're like, we were like, how is everything else improving? How is my lifestyle only improving this happening? So we're wondering if this is either a fluke or the fact that we were there at a weird time, because if you are there at a certain time of your at time of your cycle, then your progesterone will be lower. Um, lower. Yeah. But just the big, um, the, that amount of drop in your progesterone was just something that we were like, how did this happen? Yeah. Because normally it's not going to be that big of a drop. Yeah. So that's what's and, and crazy. Everything, yeah, everything was really improving outside of just like alcohol consumption, which even that had been cut back drastically since even the time that I'd done labs before. So yeah. um, it was it was interesting. And so now, you know, it's just kind of been like, all right, we're just going to stay the course. We've, but now I've been ready to dive back in. Um, and I've been really in gear for the last like 
month or so the last few weeks, like definitely again, I'm not back to hundred because I don't want to be back to hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been back to, um, over the last, like since May, probably like, I would say I've been like at 80%, um, with really doing things. Like I said, at first we still weren't allowing me to track. I had another trip to Austin, decided to make this move. Um, and John put together protocols for me to like, you know, we're bringing up food to help with that stress response. Um, we are, um, I have very light cardio in there. That's just kind of like a light fasted morning situation a couple times a day, a couple times a day, a couple times a week. Um, and then we added in some supplementation because we also suspect to have some gut stuff going on based on my digestion and also just like the other areas that we were seeing issues. Um, and so even just since we've implemented those things, supplementation, and I've been more on track and these last couple of weeks, I've been up more at like a 90% on -hmm. doing things. Um, my gym routine sent over the last two months has been on it. I've been back to going like four to five times a week and I'm like enjoying lifting again. I joined a new gym. I have a friend that I work out with now, like um, even when I go alone, I'm just like, I'm excited to go again. I'm excited to train. Um, yeah. just all these little things that we said we wanted to work on are coming back slowly. Um, and that, like, you know, now I'm back to, I'm tracking, I'm tracking every day. I still take like a free meal, um, you know, here and there for things, but it's just like not stress. Right. I just like pick it. Um, yeah. and I feel, I feel a lot better. Um, and that brings, you know, us into where we're at now in June. Like I said, I am, I I have, I am, I have put on a lot of weight over the last year. Um, it is not as bad as it looks in our brains as we and Kara talked about last time. Um, and it is starting to shift. I do see my body responding and changing. And, you know, as I do these things more and more and get in tune and as we clean up gut stuff and as we focus on all these health things, but also just as my stress has come down and as things have kind of stopped piling on, that's improved. So, um, what I really wanted to point out is that, you know, this started with like feeling that burnout and all of this stuff happening on a large scale in the summer. And now we're to the next summer before I'm saying like, I feel like I got it back. Like feeling like I want to train again and want to track again. And And we're not even like fully there yet. Yeah. Like we're still. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's like the, the takeaway there is that like, just what Kara talked about is like whatever amount of time you think you need to give yourself, it's probably a lot fucking longer. Much longer. Um, and like everything we just talked about was like, you know, it might seem like just like, oh, well, this was a weird like episode of just like your personal life, but that's because all of that stuff impacted all of these things, like my periods and all that stuff, like that, all of that, these random curves and stuff that's going on with my hormones. If you listen, every bit of that was correlated with what was going on in my life when these yeah. things happen and this like pop-up one, when it seemed like things were getting better, it's because you're sometimes paying for the repercussions down the months road. down like, the road. Yes. Yeah. So, so even though that showed up then and in the peak of it, the labs weren't as bad, like that doesn't, it's, you know, now again, too, there is something in psychology that we've been talking about. And especially in therapy is that your nervous system actually, once it finally starts to calm is when you start having a lot of issues. Um, because your body finally gets like that break. Um, so this is actually over the last few months too. I think I forgot to mention it, but in, um, around January or February, maybe March sometime in the first three months, I got a, I got a diagnosis, a formal diagnosis for CPTSD. So, Mm -hmm. um, that's complex post-traumatic stress disorder. So basically that is think of if you, what you know about regular PTSD, and it's just what it happens when there's been multiple issues inflicting PTSD piled on top of each other, um, as my year was, um, yeah. 
And basically what we were talking about at the end of December, where I was like, I wasn't dealing with things. My brain quite literally had like shut down processing in this diagnosis. So essentially I was living for a couple months in like a false sense of reality to just avoid what was really happening to me. So my brain was pushing out productivity. I I've always been someone that was like very OCD and perfectionism, which is kind of a branch of actually ADD, ADD. ADD and OCD are tightly related. They're just opposite ends. And it's not abnormal for someone to swing based on trauma, um, especially. So the the PTSD was launching me into ADD. So even now it's like over the last few months, Kara and our friends of her, where I've been like, I'm excited to put myself back into work and do all this stuff. And like, then I I just like, couldn't, Mm -hmm. and like, I couldn't stay focused. I would go and like have a whole plan for the day. And I'd sit there and it would take me two hours to do something that should take five minutes. Like, and I was getting, I was just up and down feeling so hard on myself about like, why can't I do this? Like, am I not meant to do this anymore? Maybe I need a new career, like all of this stuff. And, you know, I unloaded all this on my therapist and that's when she was like, we need to like go into an in-depth test here and talk about some things. And, um, she was like, these are all PTSD side effects. That's, you know, it was like fatigue. It was the lack of focus. It was lack of motivation. It was lack of drive, like, and you know, not wanting to do things. And she was like, this is actually, she's like, I, as much as it sucks, she's like, it's a good thing because this is happening once your body's in the process of healing. Um, so I'm finally at a place where most things I can like talk about this. I actually made it through this whole episode without crying, which is kind of impressive. Seriously was sitting (laughs) here thinking about this. And I'm like, I am so fucking proud of you. That's been really hard. Yeah. Um, that I'm, I'm a crier. So if you guys are thinking that I like, this is maybe just how I am. It's not, I cry. I I was literally sitting here like waiting for it to happen. And honestly, I just want to throw in again, how proud I am and just, sitting here, like listening back to the last year, because it's like, obviously I was there with you through all of these occurrences. Right. But obviously like we each live separate lives and it's easy for me to kind of like forget, holy shit, how much actually happened in this last year and remembering where you were at even this time, like, uh, you know, a few months ago and how much you were struggling and how much like how difficult it was for you to even like get up and start your day and do the things that you know you needed to do to where you're at now. It literally is night and day. And I just want to say how fucking proud I am of you for overcoming every single thing that you've overcome. And, you know, I think that again, yes, this ties back into the health and fitness aspect of things, but it also just ties into the fact that like, if you're going through a really fucking hard time, do not give up. Like, as close to giving up as Kylie wanted to be, she did not. Like, yeah, she was definitely down and out for a a while, right? But she did not give up on herself and on moving forward. Even whenever it was just the littlest of things that she needed to do for herself, she was pushing herself to do it to move forward, even if she knew it wasn't 100%. And I think that so many people get so in their head because they're like, I'm going through this really hard time right now. I'm going through this terrible traumatic time in my life and I can't be who I am and I can't do what I want to do every single day the way that I want to do it so I'm just not going to do anything I'm just going to give up and you can't you know like look at Kylie look at all of the things she you know she kept just pushing for inching forward just like a little bit a tiny 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 bit the the littlest bit that she could give and like now she's here getting to the other side of all of that and I think that that's just that's a huge message in all of this and seriously, the fact that you did not cry, I'm like, y'all don't understand how, how like huge that is, because it does just show like how much work you've done with yourself, with your own mental health, 
and the person that you are to like get to the point that you're at now because you wouldn't have been able to talk about this I don't think a few months ago without crying I really don't think no so and you know yeah it's Kara Kara gets on zooms and sees me cry all the time and and I also don't want to say that like crying is a bad thing like no, you can, like that's it's absolutely fine, not but, but my love crying. To, like yeah <laughs> my ability to process and just like discuss any of it is a testament to just like all of that and the work that I've, I have put into that and you know it is it I, I I almost cried now at this point was listening to you say all that so thank you I love um, you I, I almost cried yesterday Sarah Sarah Lipton sent me a similar voice memo yesterday and I was just mm-hmm. like I forgot yeah I, we just I, we just make each other cry <laughs> yeah I up them yesterday that I, I feel like truly the last couple of weeks but it's like basically since honestly since I got back from Savannah I've been in like an upward trend uh that trip was really important to me for a lot of reasons um and this week with work and everything I've just really felt like I'm back in alignment and I think I think all that timing plays out like we planned last week to do this Kylie's version and I don't even know if I would have been as ready for it as I am this week even. yeah like, like this week yeah yeah it's it I feel really good and I'm you know there's that, but the thing is, it's not linear. There's going to be days, there's days where I said that, and then I'm going to feel really bad. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I, I drank too much a couple weeks ago and I was like, I feel really bad now <laughs> like, yeah. uh, for a couple of days. Um, I did some things where I was like, maybe I haven't sorted through that, but a lot's coming up for me. I'm moving. I'm, I'm truly moving away from a chapter of my life. Um, I'm letting a lot of things go here. I'm releasing a lot. So stuff's going to come up with that. I might have a breakdown tomorrow and that yeah. doesn't mean not okay or that I'm, I should quit. So that's, so that's really like what Kara was taking home here. And what we wanted to take home is that like it, it, she's right. Like you can't give up. And there were a lot of moments and I actually have a TikTok if you want to go creep for a very long time, um, that I, I read a journal entry from October when I was in the worst place. And it was, it was trigger warning short, short of a suicide note. Like it, it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't, I, I went to, I did not self-harm and I did not go that far or think of that. And I even say in there, I don't think I would hurt myself, but it was about a step away from that. Yeah. I was literally like, I do not like living anymore. I told the ER nurse the night I got roofied that I didn't, I want to exist anymore. And I was in that headspace, but I knew, I knew that I could get on the other side of it. And I knew that there was more for me still. And so if you're somebody that struggles with that, you know, please know that one, you can always reach out to me and two, that you're, you're wrong. Like you, you yeah. can keep going and you, you will get there. Um, and I just, I know that not everyone though has the same level of support system and I am eternally grateful for that. And I encourage you, you know, we have episodes on here about finding your people, joining things to find those people guys, part of my, part of the hardest thing for this for me in Nashville is my, my in-person support system here is not large. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple of best friends here and they are amazing. And honestly, I've met some new people over these last couple of months that are yeah. so ridiculously wonderful. Yeah. Um, but you know, people that are like on that deep level that have watched what I went through, I have like, as far as people who are still here also like still actively here for me, one that it watched me go through all of that. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't trade her for the world, but like one person can't be available to you all the time. They have their own life. Like, exactly. and so my, my large support system was long distance and it still made a world of difference. Technology is beautiful. Don't be afraid to reach out for help. That's the biggest thing. Dude, I had many times that I was like, 
in a shame spiral of how much I blow up my friends. And, you know, it was them being like, you can do that. If we're not available at the time, we'll just tell you, but we're going to be here. Like there'd be days where I was in a bad place and cared, like, I can't talk today, but like, you know, let's schedule yeah. it. But while I was in the, the, the heart of when it was bad, she would get on the phone with me, even if it yeah. was past her time, like, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it was Kara, it was my other friend, Kara from that. I met mm-hmm. through that retreat. Like, that's what I'm saying. You have to sometimes put yourself in situations, which I know is hard speaking to depressed and anxious people because, but I, I was that. And I had to put myself in a situation to get help. Like the people from that retreat were a support system. That wasn't going to happen if I didn't go there. One of my yeah. very best friends that I have now in Austin, I wouldn't have met if I didn't put myself in that situation. You know, yeah. we talk about all of us being on the same team together. We're not on that team anymore. And my biggest support, Kara, Kenny, Josh, Caleb, Alexa, all of them from that. And, you know, long distance, they were so there for me. Um, my best friend who's coming here this weekend lives in a different state. Like, you know, I, it's, you can reach out to people. We have FaceTime, we have zoom, um, you know, Jasmine Barber, who I'm about to move in with, like I met her through the team, like, but I, I had to reach out to those people yeah. and you, you have to just be okay with asking for help and realize that it's okay. If you don't feel okay. Um, and I just can't, I can't stress that part enough because I don't know where I would be if I, I would have let myself do what a lot of people want to do, which is just isolate in those moments. And I know sometimes that that time to yourself can be useful. And I did have some very productive isolation. I've learned over the last year, actually how to be by myself too. I know that's a big thing Kara's pushed for me to do as well. Yeah. Um, and I'm fine with that, but also like, if you're somebody that needs support, like, don't be afraid to ask for that because that truly is what has been the biggest impact here. So as much as I didn't want to give up, it was people constantly reminding you not to give up. That made all the difference for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a wonderful thing to end the podcast on a wonderful note to end the podcast on. And just knowing that you are not alone, whatever you're going through, like Kylie is here for you. I am here for you. Like there are communities out there, whether it's us, you reach out to, whether it's other communities out there, like you are not lesser than for asking for help. And it is absolutely okay not to be okay because every single person goes through a really hard time at some point. And it's just, you know, it's kind of foolish to think that, you know, we're going to be happy and everything's going to be perfect all the time. So I'm just, I'm so happy that you were able to share this story, Kylie, with our audience and with our listeners. I know that this was something really huge for you and, you know, kind of monumental for you to be able to talk about this on a public platform because a lot of only her closest friends have known this for a really long time, right? So I'm I'm just so happy that we were able to do this and just kind of give like, give you guys this insight into, you know, kind of what's been going on with both of us these last two weeks and how important it is to just, you know, really listen to your body, understand how stress affects you, understand that, you're going to make it to the other side. You just, you got to give it time. You got to patience with yourself, you know? Yeah. And that's the, that's the one last thing I want to leave everyone with too, is just to tie this back to just, you know, the whole fitness health coaching aspect anyways, is like, we, we definitely, I hope have driven home how much these core, like I said, I think this was a great, just like mental health episode in general, definitely, but like that, definitely. but our point, our point was that this all bled into what was happening with my physique and my internal health. But the thing is guys through this entire time, I was working with John and mm-hmm. John and I, for many weeks, I didn't check in at all for many weeks. I had an adjusted check-in he made for me. That was not adherence based things I do. I do this for my clients as well. Um, I have clients that I know will listen to this, that know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I have clients and as I was who are going through really hellacious seasons of their life. And I want to shout them out the way Kara shouted me out that it's very easy in those times, especially I get it financially. I do that. Like to be like, why am I paying for this coach when I'm not doing these protocols? But it's an account it, it in that in itself is a symbol of you not giving up on yourself. I want to frame it that way, because to me, if I would have stopped communicating with John, even on days, there would be days where I sent a message and I'm like, I'm not checking in today, but here is what's what my week was like. And it right. would just be three, three sentences or me being like, I'm having a fucking mental breakdown today. I'm not doing this. Yeah. And he would be like, he'd be like, all right, what's going on? <laughs> like, you yeah. know, and, but it would have been very easy for me to just be like, you know, let's just take a break. I'll come back when I'm better. I'll come back then. And I'm not shaming anyone who's done that. Sometimes you need that. Sometimes finances need that. But the point is I have a couple of clients um, that I'm thinking of in my head right now that for anonymity, I won't say that anonymity. I feel like Shannon right now. I can't say things. Anonymity. I've got anemone. <laughs> we also have to stop referencing this podcast. Everybody's like, who the fuck is Shannon? <laughs> Probably a podcast. Go listen to it. That's a plug. We don't probably, get paid. Probably a podcast. Shameless plug. We'll be influencers for the influencer. Anyways, um, she she always fucks up words and I feel that. Uh, so I, I just want to say to those clients, like, I'm so proud of you for those of you who have stuck through that, who've done the adjusted forms, who there's weeks on end where you've been like, I, they, they've said they felt like they're wasting my time because they're yeah. not getting protocols or they're not doing things or they're checking in with me literally as just like, I have a client who I just shouted out her huge win this month. And I actually do want to publicly shout her out. And I told her that she told me it was okay to do this. Katie Tellis has been 16 months sober since she, she started with me 17 months ago. That's amazing. She wanted to quit smoking when we started and she did right when we started. Um, Shout out to you, Katie. That is amazing. But, but, but she wanted to stop drinking as well. And four weeks in, she had her last drink and she hasn't since. And, That's amazing. And yeah, she, she's incredible. But we, we've basically been a mental health. I basically, my, our check-ins have been a journal for a year. Like she yeah. hasn't, she hasn't done the protocols as far as fitness go. And she, there, every time her billing came up, I was like, Katie, not because I thought she was a quitter, but I was just, I was just thinking of how people think. And I was like, I wouldn't blame her if she decides to go. Cause like, I know yeah. right now she's basically just like journaling to me once a week, but she was like, this has been so helpful to have that constant person and this person to be able to like, hold me accountable to reflecting on my week, to hold mm-hmm. me accountable. And to like, just be like, I'm having someone that, you know, also isn't giving up on you. And mm-hmm. Now, guess what? Same thing for her. It's been a journey watching. We kind of have been going through this together without her even knowing that. And she is now back. She's doing the gym stuff. We switched back to the regular check-in form, like her time. Came. So I'm super proud of her. Um, and I've just felt this parallel journey with her in very different ways. But I, all that to say is like, there are so many things that having a coach can do for you. And I just don't, I hate when clients feel like if they're not having perfect weeks or if they have even a whole month where they're not following the plan, that this is a waste of their time or their money and that they should go because it's never a waste be, of our time. And it's never no, a waste of it's, yours. It's never a waste of our time. And if you're feeling that way, it's probably the reason you should stay. Exactly. Because now if it weren't for John being that same kind of constant, I would, once I was ready, like, who knows if I would have been like ready to like go back into the overwhelming process of like a true restart. Whereas like, even though we did basically restart, it felt like I was just picking something back up. It was someone that was familiar with me. It was able to just jump back in. It's not that reminder that you like 
in your brain failed and had to like restart something. It was just like, okay, we were just doing it differently. And that's how it's felt this whole time. And I just, you know, we gave John a love letter enough last, last episode, but I just want to thank him for being so flexible and patient when his life also was going through many changes and his coaching life as well through all of this. And again, it's been kind of a beautiful parallel for him and I, in the same way that I feel about, you know, my clients too. So, um, that's just a shout out to the clients who have stuck through when it's hard. Those of you who have left and taken time for yourself, shout out to you too. Like you have to do what you need, but if that's been a worry that you've had, no matter who's listening to this with a coach or about getting a coach, because you're in a rough season, just know that that coach could be exactly the thing that helps you get through that season. Yeah. Mic drop, baby, mic drop for sure. Well, you guys, I genuinely hope that, you know, just this kind of like two-part series that we did for you these past two weeks have really resonated with you and that today's episode resonated with you. And please let us know, like, if you took something out of this, if you need, you know, somewhere to go, someone to talk to about things, please know that Kylie and I's doors are always open. And we would love, love, love if you shared this episode with somebody you know needs to hear it, somebody who maybe is going through a really tough time or some similar things. And tag myself, tag Kylie, tag the Not Your Quick Fix podcast, share us on your stories. And thank you guys so much for listening in and for supporting. And we will chat with y'all next time. Bye, you guys.